Welcome, everybody, to Self-Evident Podcast. You have Massey and Mike, and we are back. It's podcast number 39. Sorry that I've been gone for a couple weeks, but Mike held down the fort. Obviously did an amazing job. Thank we you. had Pastor Todd on here. Absolutely. Um, yours is coming out here uh, this week. So it's we're starting off uh, new, and we were going to talk about a few things, but um, I've been at, actually, I was on the road in Massachusetts yeah. uh, just recently. You know, we were out preaching and doing doing our thing, but... I was in Bogota just recently, Bogota, Colombia. I went to a pastor's convention out there. Um, and so we're going to hop right into this. And and one of the reasons we have to hop into it is because not that we're going to... A lot of people, when we talk about the specific issue of of, of the, the gay pride parade and the homosexuality stuff, I'm not even going to talk about necessarily the sin of it because we all know what God says about it. Yeah. And I think people actually know, and they can try to talk themselves in and out of it, remember I had a 15-year-old girl who said, God doesn't think that way. And I said, well, show me scripture. She was at a church and she said, well, I don't know scripture. (laughs) Okay, that's the problem. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what I think. See, none of this is my opinion. I don't don't get to choose what God says is sin or not. And I don't want to because then that would make me the judge. And you don't want me to be the judge of your life because, you know, I would ruin your life. I know I would, you know, because I would project my expectations on you. That's not good. So, And when we see that the Bible is our direction as especially as Christians and this this discussion tends to lean more towards Christians of defining things right we have to accept truth and truth is either bit the bible or it's not the bible exactly it's a lot easier to okay truth is the bible it's scripture that's what i'm going to base exactly. it on Instead of going, well, I don't believe it's truth, right. so therefore now I've got to find my own and I've got to pick and choose what I want to be truth and what I don't. Exactly. In a spiritual sense, if God is omnipotent, he's probably powerful enough to put down his truth in Scripture. Even with human mistakes or whatever in, in terms of translation or that kind of thing, Like, I believe God is good enough to make sure his truth makes it through. Exactly. Exactly. Right? And I think... What we should do is talk about all of it. We should talk about why abstinence isn't being preached and people say it doesn't work. But, yeah. you know, why? see, sexual perversion, he really talked about heavily. There's this thing where, like, in Scripture, it actually talks about there's only two, there's only one real sin that the Bible says to flee from, youthful lusts. Yep. Right? Now, that could be covetousness. That could be a lot of things. But mainly today, we're taught that promiscuity is okay. You got to try the the cow before you buy it. You know what I mean? All these things you got um, now uh, sexual crassness, all these different things, you know, watching pornography among men now is up. All these sexually perverted things are acceptable today in some sense. Right. As far as the media goes, I'm not saying yeah. it's acceptable by Christians, because if you're a real Christian, you'll know that these things are inherently sin. They're just they're sinful because that's not how God designed his design. Yeah. So then this sexual sin or sexual sexual immorality or sexual impurity leads to other sexual sins, right? So then you start to see uh, things starting to get caught up in the norm, and we're just kind of normalizing things. I'm not even going to get in too far into the weeds. I hate talking about certain things, and I don't need to do that. I'm just going to talk about this stuff in general. So, yeah. And one thing I want to point out is what you're alluding to is the, the over-sexualized culture. Yes. Um, C.S. Lewis has an analogy that if you went to a far-off distant land, and you sat down in a theater with a bunch of other people and the lights got low and, and some risque music started playing and somebody struts out and slowly has a plate with a cover on it and slowly takes the cover right. off in right. a very sedu- seductive way and there was a steak and mashed potatoes underneath. You would say that that culture has a problem with food. 
Right. You would say that that culture has a problem with how they view food. That's exactly how we how we deal with sexuality in our culture. Yes. We're com- everybody would admit we are a very over-sexualized culture. The problem I is, would hope they admit that. And if they don't, we've got to have another conversation because open your eyes. Look, mm-hmm. How do we sell things? How do we advertise? Sex. Sex. How do we get entertained? Sex. Sex. How do we um, discuss life with I our mean, friends and our, our, dude, our peers? Sex. sex. And, and if you think about it, look at these muscle car magazines that look, dude. I'm not saying don't read muscle car magazines, okay? I'm not saying that because I love muscle cars. You and I both talk about it. I love lifted trucks. I, yep. You know, all these things. When I grew up, I wanted to make a lowrider Mexican, right? <laughs> so, like, I mean, I love cars, but I used to get this uh, magazine called Lowrider Magazine, yeah. dude, and it was constantly yeah. half, like, literally three-quarter naked chicks on the cover, on all the cars, and the muscle cars now, all these things. It's like, why? what does a woman have to do with a car? Exactly. Or a man, for that matter. Let's just go to the other side, because, you know, the feminists will be like, I see their sexual... No, I'm saying, what does that have... You want to talk about over-sexualizing yourself? And these women that are doing these things, they're free. They say that they're free, and this is what I want to express myself, right? We're we're seeing more and more an over-sexualization of all things considered pure. A car wasn't meant to be this image that we're supposed to, like, be a golden calf, and now we've created it that way. Like there's something there's, there's something pristine about making something that is very high valuable and de- degrading it to lustful. Yeah. Oh, I ooh, I'm glad you hit that because I've been thinking about that. And I was I, the other day I was driving for work and I was thinking about art. The difference between you know people talk about nudity and art and pornography. What's the difference? What's the difference? Art doesn't create lust out of it. Right. Art creates an appreciation of beauty, which if you think the female form were red blooded guys and a lot of women will admit the female form is beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And even women will admit that they they enjoy looking at the form of a woman. Right. As something of beauty. Dude. Right. Yeah. So there's a difference between that in terms of art and appreciation and lust. Exactly. And I, and I think, too, if we continuously look at standards that are uh, constantly lustful where, you know, you can Photoshop and all these things. Yeah. This happened to me once. And God forgive me, but I, I confess it to Carrie. I would compare her to things that I saw when I fell yeah. into sexual, you know, the, the immorality stuff. Yeah. When I fell into to, to pornography and all these other things. And I'm open to talk about it because, dude, guess what? It was an issue in my life. I thank God's delivered me. Thank God that yeah. he's delivered me from that. And all those things, because guess what, dude? I can now say to people, you don't need to touch that fire to know that yeah. it's hot, right? And and it's not good. It's not good to confess to your wife. It's not good to have that hanging over your head with your kids. But any man could be honest with himself. If he's focusing on these things, sexual perversion in general, you're going to start to compare your relationship to your spouse in that manner. Absolutely. Because all you're doing is feeding yourself. Then you're going to be looking at her. Well, she's not as beautiful as she used to be. She's not this or that. Dude, I think my wife is drop-dead gorgeous. Not a her. She's always saying, I could work on this or do that, or I need to do sit-ups and this and that. She weighs all of, what, 100 pounds, you know? But she, you know what I mean? Like, she's always like, I could work on this and I could do And I'm looking at her like, you're you're beautiful to yeah. me, to me, right? I, I and you know, every, and every wife says, you have to say that because you're her husband. That's crap. <laughs> I think that she's beautiful, just yeah. like I look at the Lord and he's beautiful, and, and, and to gaze on his majesty. 
I like sometimes just seeing my wife and I'm like, you're a great mom. You know what I mean? You're, you're a great wife. You, 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 you go above and beyond the call of duty in a lot of ways in, in, in your life and all these things. So like, I appreciate, and I'm glad we're having this appreciation conversation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it's important to, you know what I'm saying? This inside stuff, but it's like, you, you, it's, I'm glad we're having this conversation about appreciation because we need to appreciate more. So we don't get upset about the things we can't control. Yeah. Appreciation is always important. Now, because of that, let's that being said, let's talk about this gay pride month, right? Which I, w- I want to connect that from from what we've been talking about. We've it. been talking about oversexualization, right? We've been talking about this this obsession with sex. Take it another step, and like you're talking about talking about seeking out, you know, images, seeking out things, seeking out experiences. Well. As a culture, not only as individuals, but as a culture, we start to look for the things that push the fringe more. Once something's normal and completely acceptable, if we're giving into our lusts, we're giving up to the, giving into the new high. Right. And so we start pushing the boundary. And there's always somebody on the other side of the boundary going, I want to be normal. I want to be normalized. That's good, dude. I want to be public. I want to be accepted. I want to be promoted. Right. And I can understand completely the argument from the the homosexual community of I want to be accepted as an individual totally of everyday society totally totally understand dude no that. person should ever be bullied or murdered no. or treated less than or anything like that I don't see that scripturally right exactly so if you're a Christian and you mistreat these folks that is wrong because again 15 years ago because I was a sinner I wasn't mistreated because I was a sinner yeah that's crap you know what I mean and so no no person should be Considered less than, I think. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. They're people, dude. They bleed just like you and me. Mm-hmm. They they have sometimes they go home by themselves. They they got jobs. They contribute to society. You know what I'm saying? They nobody should ever be treated second class. What we're saying is, and, and I'm gonna kind of yep. clarify this. This in. whole issue is not because of homosexuality. No. It's because of lust. It has nothing to do with homosexuality. Has everything to do with lust. I'd be doing the same program if adulterers had an adulterous pride parade. I would do the same thing because I've called it out before, especially on a pulpit or or, or whatever. If I've had to sit with our young adults and talk about pornography, I have to call that out. The problem is they're not saying pornography pride day parade, whatever. You know what I'm saying? What what we're doing is if you want to be normal, don't put it in my face. We're not... we don't want to celebrate pride or, or celebrate and, and we'll have get into pride that. into this whole thing, right? And and they <laughs> the straight pride parade. <laughs> did you, yeah. Did you look that up? So I'm not, I'm not like yeah they need to do a straight pride parade, but I found it interesting. It's a, it's a stupid way to fight. Yeah, but I found it interesting the backlash against it. Now I agree that. You're really not. It's, it's the wrong hill to die you, on. Yeah, you're really not gaining anything on this, um, and in fact, you're you're more cheapening the the what it's supposed to mean to be in a heterosexual union in a marriage, right? One flesh. I think we're kind of cheapening that by straight pride, you know. But it it points out this idea of if we have to yell out how much pride we have in what we're doing. Are you trying to convince yourself that you're right? Oh. You know what I mean? Tell me more. That's you, right. Are you 
how often does somebody who's very comfortable with truth and somebody with who's, who's completely comfortable with themselves, how often do they have to go out and and portray this pride and and put this out there in the public sphere? Uh, we look at people who who are always talking about themselves and in achievement and that kind of thing, and we we a lot of times kind of tap the table and go, mm, "What else you got to talk about?" Right? Because often it's insecurity that's connected with pride. Exactly. It's it's an insecurity in in identity or who Dude. you are. And that ends up Dude, in pride. And, and we can ask some questions. Let's ask some questions about this, okay? Think about it. If this is about acceptance, and this is about pride, and this is about you being accepted and tolerated, then why can't Christians have nativity scenes in the city? Hmm. Think about this, yeah. right? Why? Why are Christians being persecuted on their own households for having nativity scenes? And they're being told they can't. Why can't veterans or memorials have crosses? What's wrong with that? It's their belief. You believe that you're right and you're doing what you're doing, right? You're saying society. First off, I want to ask most of these gay people that do these parades. You see all these things, no hate and this and that. Yeah. Who is stopping you from living? Who is stopping you from living? And if they are, I'll join you in the fight. But I don't see anybody stopping you from living or getting a job. Or I get persecuted. So do I. I get persecuted for being a Christian. I'm not crying about it. You know what I mean? I, I'm not crying about yeah. it. It just, it is what it is. It's life. It's unfair. There, there will always be people who do not accept you for who, for for who, who you we are. are. Dude, no matter what. Dude, our pastor got kicked out of his church for getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because they said it wasn't right. So what? He knew that it hurt. But you move on. I got kicked out of a church for talking about healing someone with cancer. God healed someone with cancer. We prayed for him. I got kicked out of that church. So what? I didn't cry about it. It hurt, but I didn't cry about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like if you can't look, was there was there any classes for me when I was chubby and getting picked on <laughs> in school? Cause I was fat. There wasn't any uh fat, fat shaming classes. It it's a part of life, dude. It grows you up. And you know what it taught you? Don't care about what people think about you. Just keep being who you are, right? Now, there's a difference when there's Christianity involved. Now, the libertarian or the political side of me says, if you want to be that way, man, do what you want. That's on you, right? The Christian side of me says, I care about your soul. I need to preach to you a little bit. I need, yeah. to, I need to bring you into the fold, right? But let's be clear. We're not talking about Christians in politics saying gays should be prohibited from... That's not... No. We're not doing that here because that's politics. Politics in, in, in my world, uh, po politics is very simple in, in my world. You're free to be who you want to be. I don't care what you want to be. And nowhere where we're talking is, are we talking about ordinances against these pride parades or, or no. stopping these pride parades or, or laws against them. What we're talking about is let's get to brass the, tax. the brass tax. Why? Why do you feel it's so important yeah. to have the I'm parade? I'm not telling you not why to is, have them. Why is it so important to have the pride month? Why is it so important to have exactly. the rainbow flag? The, the, this union of community... There's something behind that. And I understand where it comes from in people because everybody wants to be part of a community, especially if you feel ostracized and ridiculed. You want a community of other people like you. Right. We're naturally attracted. Exactly. Now, I'm not attacking the community. No. You, I, it makes complete sense to me. You want a community of people like you around you. Here's where I'm struggling is 
the the whole idea of pride has been completely embraced and promoted by the gay community. And what we're saying is, hold on a second, because that word has a lot more connotation and symbolism Truth. than I now, think you understand. I do have this problem, too, and I got to be honest. Okay, gay community, if you're watching this, please understand my side of why I'm talking about this, okay? I have an issue with something, that you're shoving it on my kids or other people's kids, that you're bringing in drag queens to do story time, right? When's the last time we just had normal people just do story time? Why does it have to be a drag queen? Why does it have to be shoved? And you would get just as mad at me if I shoved my belief in your face. True. You would get just as mad at me shoving my belief in your face. So that I do have a problem with you proselytizing my children yeah. and other people's children because I don't want to proselytize your I don't have to force them to be Christians. I don't need to go into a public school and force them to be a Christian. Have I gone to public schools and preached? Yes, but they came voluntarily to, to, to listen to a message. I'm not forcing them during school hours to, to, to tell them gay, being gay is okay, uh, accepting drag queens is okay. and all the, I do have a problem with that. I have a problem with you proselytizing. I do. Because you've complained about that to Christians for years. And nowhere did I see that we were doing it or anything like that. I just don't like deception. And, and, and that's what's happening. Yeah. It's straight up deception, right? So we're going to talk about some of the terms that have been happening just in the recent times. Let's talk about first love. They adopt this this word love. And it's like we love. Love is open. Love is pure. Love is this. There was even a meme that was done. Love has no age. Tell me pedophilia is not trying to be normalized. It's that's coming. A, that's far, as far as it's I'll coming. go. That's as far as I'll go with it. You guys make the call yourselves, you in the in the, in the homosexual community, because in, in 2014, 13, and 12, when I would talk about it to the homosexual community in Minneapolis, most of them would say, no, that's, just, that's disgusting. It's detestable. We don't want that. And you guys are trying to label us with that group. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that when perversion goes this far, dude, I can tell you where I had these conversations at, when I had the conversations with these certain types of people it's it's about this the boundary and stepping over the boundary it is so so before you start to get pissed at us hear us out okay and then we can have a good dialogue i want to have a dialogue with you i don't listen (laughs) we'll say it again this has nothing to do with politics trump because i've had my issues with him uh this has everything to do with the belief system yeah god created all things pure so let's talk about it like that. And then I'll listen to you. And I have listened to many gay people. I've talked to many of them. I don't witness to all of them, but I've listened to many of them. I just want to hear why and what. And I, you're right. They want a community. Dude, we're a church. We want a community of believers. That's, that's scriptural. It's, that, that's Hebrews, right? I get that. I understand that. But let's talk about what your beliefs are and why most of you that say that you're, you're a Christian doesn't line up with scripture. Okay, let's talk about love. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13, and you tell me if this, if this has anything to do with your kind of love. Hear me out. I'm not, this is his words, not mine. You can read the whole chapter yourself. I'm not putting words in people's mouths. We can read it ourselves, okay? Listen to this. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, and I have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clinging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have all the faith so as to remove mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give away all that I have and I deliver my body up to be burned, but I have not love, I have gained 
Nothing. I've gained nothing. Listen to this. Love is patient and kind. Stop. Is the love that you're portraying out there kind and patient? Or is it in my face and telling me that I'm a hater? See, even with a sinner that's not even dealing with this issue, sexual perversion, I don't have, I have to have patience and kindness because, again, when I was a sinner, yeah. I had to have patience and kindness. That's what I needed for me. That's what changed because the goodness of God led me to repentance. So the Bible says, love does not envy or boast. Listen close. Love doesn't envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. Right? I'm All I'm doing is, here, we're going to have these guys next week, hopefully on the or the week after. We have two girls, three girls, that go out to Planned Parenthood every Thursday. You know what happened last week? I got to say it real quick. Yeah, go for it. Because this is... People need to women's know. Women's rights, this and that. A gentleman approached them. All they do is have signs that says, we love you and your baby. We're here to pray for you. Please talk to us. That's what... That's all these signs say. That's it. And and they're not saying, like yelling things at people. There's no defund there's, there's Planned no, Parenthood. No, there's no. We want to pray for you. We love end you. End abortion. No, none of that stuff. None we of that stuff. We pray for you. We love you. We love and you. And these, these are like the nicest, most humble You'll people see. you can imagine. You'll see, right? So there's three girls. A gentleman approached them, had a discussion and said, who gave you the authority and the right to be out here? Uh, the First Amendment, right? But they didn't know like how to communicate, but they were very calm and patient. They have it all on video. The gentleman threw a bullet at one of the girls, a bullet, a straight up bullet, and said, the next one's going through your stomach. Now, listen to that. Is that patience and kindness and love? He was mad because they were, they, he said, you're going to destroy women. You're going to threaten a life because we're trying to defend life? And I've gone out to those plans. I couldn't go th those two weeks because I was gone. But I've gone out there with him. She, I, I had the idea, and Laura took it, Right. What I'm saying is, is what you're doing arrogant or rude? Is Because your love concept here is not good. It's just shoving it in people's faces and just proselytizing, right? Let's continue. Because the very things you've been condemning Christians for is exactly what you're doing. And we get just as mad at the Westboro Baptists for doing what they do just as much as you do. Well, I don't want you to do it to my kids either. Leave my kids alone. Leave our kids alone. Right? Let's continue. It does not insist on its own way. Jeez, I don't insist on anything. This is God's word, not mine, right? <clears throat> it is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Actually, some versions say it does not rejoice in iniquity or sin, but it rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they'll pass away. As for tongues, cease, knowledge, it will pass away. We know in part and prophesy in part. When, when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. Listen to that. So he's making a contrast here. Before love, I was a child. When I was, when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, now in part. Now I know in part, then I shall fully know that I've been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. Right? That is your love concept. Does your love narrative fit within that scripture? And let's take it a step further and say, can you love your enemy with that description? Oh. Can you be patient and kind oh. with your enemy? That's right. Can you be non-arrogant? 
can you go without boasting or being rude towards your enemy? Can you love your enemy the same way you love your family or love your neighbor? Christ says, look, the Gentiles love their own friends. Perfect yourself by loving your enemy. Amen. That's how you're going to show. He basically right? said it's easy to love it, your friends. And think Scarcely. about it, it is. Why do we why are we friends? Because they're easy to love for That's us. That's right. He even said scarcely for a righteous man some would even dare to die. No. Give your life for your enemy. Then you're truly loving. <laughs> That's love, man. And we as Christians need to really hold that in our heart. And if you're going to profess that you are the bearer, the bearers of love, okay? This this whole community and not just the gay community, but the those who call themselves allies, the progressive movement, all of that, they really project themselves as the group of love, the the movement of love. We really know what love is. How are you showing love to your enemies? Yeah, and you know, you know what I want to talk about real quick, Dave Rubin. Sure. Not because he turns somewhat middle of the road, you know, he he agrees with some conservative yeah. values or whatever. But because he's just a guy who says he's gay and he's not trying to force it on people. And he's actually mad at the movement, in a sense, for trying to proselytize and push their agenda on people. Because, because it's not his identity. It's not. It's just a part of him. And I think that's the distinction that, that we're, we're kind of dancing around right now is it goes back to that distinction of identity. And for Dave Rubin, it's not his identity. And he, he kind of pushes against that and goes... No. Yes, I'm gay. Yes, I have a husband. That's not my identity. I care about this, 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 and this. I'm a libertarian. I care about other people's freedoms. I care about limited government. I care about this. I care about that. I love basketball. I love Star Wars. Like, that's Dave Rubin. The fact that I know all of that, instead of his sexual identity, right? Yeah. And I'm glad you brought him up because he's getting vilified. He's considered he's considered alt-right, far right wing Nazi. The Jewish gay guy is a Nazi. <laughs> right? Oh, he, man. He's considered this side. Why? Because he's not a a disciple and a prophet of the progressive the, movement, right, the right. gay movement, and if he was, they would be promoting his podcast. Oh, he would, but he'd be the most popular guy in the world. But we've never promoted his podcast or anything like that because he's gay and he's a conservative. I like the dude because he's smart. Yeah, right, and he's got good ideas. And, and some of the things he says, I'm like, that's a good point, bro. Good for you. If I was to meet him someplace, I would never think, oh, he must be gay. He just is. He's just a guy. It's, he's just a yeah. dude. You know what I mean? That likes other dudes, and we could have a conversation about that later. You know what I mean? But to know him and to get to, like, first thing first, relationship. Building exactly. relationships. Yeah. You trying to force this on me and not build a relationship with me and tell me that I'm a hater does not create a relationship. And all you guys keep talking about is we want, our, we want relationships to be open. Christianity is just the same way. When I go witness to people or whatever, I'm not saying I have a chance to develop a relationship with everybody, but I at least get to know who they are to, to talk to yeah. them and figure out what they need or hear from the Lord or here's, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Here's a question for you, and this might give people a little more insight. What would you say the number one fear of Christians is when talking about going out and evangelizing or sharing the gospel with strangers? What do you think their number one Rejection. fear is? Rejection. Somebody spitting in their face, somebody getting in their face, somebody outright rejecting them and yelling at them or laughing at them. 
we all want to be accepted in some form. Even if somebody says, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's so much nicer than get away from me. I can't believe you'd say that, right? So it's that idea of open relationship right? in terms of right. let's at least sit down and have a, a conversation that's kind and gentle. And it, it can get heated, but we still, at the end of the day, respect each other and can find something within each other that we go, that's a person. Right. <laughs> now, <laughs> again, know? let's make this clear. Right. What we're talking about is Christian values. I'm not talking anything politics. Yeah. To me, again, I'm for you. Dude, this is what's so dangerous about liberty because I know I'm going to get called a heretic for this because they're, 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 they're not making the distinction of what government is and what the Bible is, right? Yeah. You are who you are. You've chosen your path. Until you accept Christ. You are who you are. You are who you are. Right? And and I'm tired, with, like, when Christians say, well, you know, God ordains government. It is what it is. Well, then people ordain their lives then. You know, if you're going to use that concept, people choose what they choose, right? Yep. But because the Spirit of God is in me, because I know righteousness from unrighteousness, because I know what he calls sin and, and, and wickedness and all these things, I stand against those things, and I preach against those things to the people that are in front of me. Because, so, and sorry to interrupt, but I, I want to clarify go this, ahead, go ahead. And, and this is what I talked about with the devoted a couple of weeks ago, was truth. Because if you don't give them truth, you're not truly loving them. Right. You have to profess truth in order to show love. Right. Otherwise, if you're being untruthful with somebody, you're not really loving them. Right. And this is a Christian standard that both Christians and non-Christians have to understand. And it goes back to that whole pendulette thing. If you hate me so much to not tell me about hell, right? Yeah, who's your Christ? Who's who's God then? Who is your Christ? Do you really believe? Now, if you love me and love God enough, even if I don't believe it at all, you love me enough to tell me and warn me. Exactly. So so when we talk about this, and especially you know, as what you're about to say, you're saying truth because you you love people and you want people to know truth. Exactly. Even if you don't agree with the truth, you're being true to you and you're showing your love in truth. Exactly. So when I say the truth or whatever, it does me no good to go when a druggie asks me for advice to get him out of drugs to say, it's all right, man. Do you're what okay. you're doing. Keep doing good. It. No, go man, you're it. killing yourself, bro. You lost your family and your kids. You're broke. You're living on the streets. What kind of love is it for me to not help and, you know, not only tell him the truth, but help him get out of a situation? Yeah. That's love. The Good Samaritan. We can hit that one, too. Mm-hmm. The whole Kamala good, Harris good thing. Call. Dude, because I, I wrote a piece on that. You know, like the Good Samaritan, not the good government. The Good yeah. Samaritan. Dude did it himself, right? Dude was there to... to my heart for the community of the home... I live that life. You see, and you're going to call me a liar. That's fine. I lived that lifestyle for a year, year and a half. I was dabbling in it. I understand what perversion can do. I understand. And you may even think that word is bad. Dude, it's, it's, it's against nature. Like, there's no other way to put it. There's no hatred in that. You're going against God's design. It's just like me uh, putting an antifreeze in the oil tank and the oil res- uh, reservoir of my car. It wasn't its design. That's not what it's designed to do. It's like me, again, putting WD-40 in the place of windshield washer fluid. It's not designed for that. Yeah. 
there's designs that are made for a reason. And if we don't follow that design, it, it's perverted. And then the, you know what the mechanic tells you? Who was the idiot that did that? And we, you know? we have dressed the word perverted or perversion into things that are, are wild and radical. And so, you know, right now it is still considered perverted to be attracted to children. The problem is the truth of the word, the real meaning of the word is something that's twisted out of its design. That's right. Right. And biblically, if design, let's let's just hypothetical here. If the design is male and female and that's what God intended, it would be perverted to twist that and not have male and female oh, into one flesh. Listen to this. You see what I mean? Yeah. How many movies did you watch in the 90s where a guy would look at a girl, like try to look through a peephole? Right, you remember when you were growing yeah. up as a kid, and the girl would go pervert. Whoa, good point. <laughs> right, good point. Pervert. Why? Why did she call him a pervert? Because he was doing something unnatural. He didn't know her. He didn't. Right. Yep. It wasn't what it was created. And she didn't have an attraction to him. He didn't have a you know attraction to her. There was nothing there. Now you're gonna it say, was, but I have an attraction to my partner. That doesn't matter. That's not the design that it was created for. That's not what you've perverted the thing that God created. And once, once in. Like you were talking about, once you step into perversion, it you start to justify it. Yep. So you go, well, I enjoy this. Well, just because you enjoy or you're attracted to the perversion doesn't mean it makes it right. Doesn't mean it's right. And we do we have that with pornography. Oh. The guy looking through the people. Just because you're attracted to Dude. it, Dude, doesn't make it. You remember right. that ESPN reporter Aaron something? A guy videotaped her through the peephole or something like that. She got awarded some million, and he shouldn't have done it. Absolutely, I not. forget. I forget the the name, and I don't want to exploit her. She went through enough pain. Enough. That was. And first off, I hope the dude was jailed and incarcerated and all that. Yeah. I, worse, you know, like I don't think that's cool no. that men do that. Obviously, I think that's a wrong way to represent manhood. I think as a woman, she should be completely respected. Um, I could feel like I watched a uh, like a court thing of her and she yeah. was confessing and dude she was so broken and it's like let me sweet I'm so sorry ma'am you know let, I, I let me ask you about the guy what does it take to get you to the point where you think that is an acceptable thing to do oof and and a realistic choice to make right. Would we not say that his his boundaries have been perverted? Yes. So I, I think that's a perfect example of, look, once we step over the design, then it's anything is game. And we start walking out our lusts and our desires. The problem is we've decided just because I have a desire, it means it's okay. Truth. What we're saying is there are certain desires that are okay in certain situations. There are plenty of desires that are not okay. And that's what God is trying to point out to us is saying, here's a set of desires in a certain situation that is completely acceptable. God's saying, here are so many other desires that you're going to have that are not good. They're not good for you. They're not good for other people. They're not good for your society. Right. And when we do away with those boundaries, then we get into the the 
searching for whatever we want to fulfill us. And that's why we're watching more and more things normalize. Can you really imagine 30 years ago having drag queens doing library hour with five-year-old and six-year-olds? And wouldn't even have thought of it. Notice these drag queens are never wearing a a old pantsuit, women's pantsuit. They're never wearing, you know, a respectable uh, dress a, a respectable dress or or a loose fitting blouse you know it's always very sexualized yeah vivacious very, yeah racy and and over the top and people over go, that's, the top. that's what a drag queen is i want to bring you back to that but why is that still okay dude why is it still okay just because somebody wants to do it doesn't make it okay. Yeah, I think too, like to 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 kind of keep going with the narrative. We just talked about love. What real love is is dying for something greater than you, dying for my neighbor or dying for my enemy, living for the gospel. It has nothing to do with us, yeah. right? It's love. Living for my family. Matter of fact, I, I can't remember who I said it to. Um if you have a lack of motivation, look to your family. That yeah. should be your motivation to yeah, work, absolutely. to do, to push forward. But here's the other term. like, And, and first off, what I want to say with the, the community or, or just the, the sexual perversion in general, just anything, you first off already spit in God's face by saying, look, we're going to do it anyway. No matter if he said it was wrong, we're just going to walk in this. So then you, t- mm-hmm. you adopt the term that Jesus coined more than anybody was love. Then you take on the very word of one of the seven deadly sins. I put that in quotes. That's what they call them, seven deadly sins. Because you, you had actually brought this up before I left. Yeah. And I kind of ran with it in my brain, yeah. and it was really good. Oh, so you, you practice a lifestyle, and then you go on to say, I'm prideful about it. I'm not proud to be a Christian. I'm honored to be a Christian. Yeah, There's no pride involved in Christ. There, there's a whole lot of continuing humility if you're walking the walk. Exactly, because it's humility. <laughs> more and more humility gets built up. I realize how bad I am sometimes exactly. and how much I need him so much. Dude, going to Bogota, man, I just I want to keep hitting that throne room. I'm so not where I need to be, especially yeah. being around giants of the faith and like these guys that have like done so much for their communities and stuff. It's like, Lord, I can do more than this. You know, yeah. I can do more than what I'm doing. And, you know, like I get around people sometimes of the faith and, like, you think about Billy Graham. I'm not saying he was perfect. I'm not putting people on a pedestal here. I'm not doing that, okay? Because there's people that disagree with him, too. It's fine. Whatever. You can do whatever you want. But the dude went out and changed soul. I mean, he was doing, man, you know? So much so, he wouldn't even ride in an elevator with a secretary by himself. I mean, he was very, tried to remain as pure. I don't remember any scandal of his except no. doctrinally. I mean, no. there were people that point out doctrine sometimes, but a scandal? He was, he was the type of guy that vehemently opposed anybody giving him praise and i don't remember the exact story but some story about him riding in a car with somebody and he had just preached a on fire sermon and the person that was such a great sermon and he basically like stopped them in their tracks and said that was god's to give god the praise give god the praise right right? and we look at these spiritual greats we look at these leaders and we're looking at them going there's so much further on the path of sanctification than i am I want to get to that level of sanctification, which means 
Less Greater of me. Greater humility. <laughs> Less of me, more, of, more of love, more of Christ in the world. Right. And if you look at Christ, there was nothing about him that stayed. No. Because fle- flesh, flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God. The Bible is very clear about it. So th- moving on to, to, to this word, pride. Let's look up the word pride. What does scripturally the Bible say about pride? Pulled up tons of verses on it. I'm just going to yeah. read them to, because pride is so... It's hard. You know, it's a hard because I am proud of my kids. I'm proud yeah. of what they accomplish, but I'm not like that's not their identity of pride. Yeah. And I would I would almost argue that pride is the source of sin. So when Satan fell, why did Satan fall? Because of pride. He, he wanted to send his throne above the Lord. He, exactly. Isaiah, yeah. Yep. He he saw in himself that he wanted to be greater than God. Right. And he put that forward. Mm-hmm. As humans, we take pride in ourselves, so therefore we disobey God. Perfect. You see what I'm saying? Yep. And that's why I think that really pride is the source. Like, I believe that pride is that beginning of falling mm. away from God because the pride, prideful person says, no, God, you're not right. I'm right. Right. The humble person says, I'm wrong on this. You're right, God. That's <laughs> why there's reconciliation. That's yeah. that's why we need reconciliation. That's why we need forgiveness. Because seeking or having repentance is saying, you know what, God, I am wrong. You are right. That's an act of humility. It's not an act of pride. An act of pride says, no, I don't care what you say. I'm right. You're wrong. God. Exactly. You know, exactly. So, so let's continue like with this word pride. Here's Proverbs 11. It says this, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. I don't Why? Have to, because pride vaunts your own knowledge. Humility brings wisdom because you're looking at things not with a filter. You're looking at things exactly. from the outward and you're, you're becoming humble and you're looking at things from a distance. Any person with, with pride in their heart, when they hear gossip, they start to believe what their filter allows them to believe. Yeah. If you have wisdom, you're going to be like, first off, saying, I don't want to hear your gossip. Second, there's always three sides to a story. His or one person, one person in the truth. So if you can't determine that, then if you're prideful, your pride goes to, well, I deal with that, too. I'm just going to believe this person. You know what I mean? Like, and, like the filter that you put in your heart is yeah. pride. And, and who listens to criticism, the prideful man or the humble man? I listen to, well, I suppose it's criticism when you're talking about reproof. Yeah, like like uh, critique. Uh, that oh, the one. humble man. The humble man, right? Why? Just like you were saying, the prideful man goes, I don't care what you say. It doesn't matter. Right. The humble man looks for wisdom because the humble man says, you may have something to give to me that I don't have of my own. You may have knowledge or wisdom that I need to take on because I don't have it. Exactly. I see my weakness, exactly. which is a humility. Exactly, exactly. So let's continue. Proverbs 16, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride goes before destruction. Why? Because it vaunts itself up before the eyes of God. And you always destroy yourself because man is so limited. Mm-hmm. We are so limited in our knowledge. I'm only preaching the truths of Christ. I don't care about my knowledge. I don't I don't need Worldly knowledge. Matter of fact, the worldly knowledge, you know what it got me? Well, I was in a good relationship, but I mean, it got me in a really hard relationship. I, I didn't love her the way that I should have. Um, I lusted after other things while I was with her. You know, all these things in this relationship. When I was in the world and I had my own pride and I did what I wanted to do, I deceived people very, very well. 
uh, I, I mean, I'm glad I wasn't good at it. He busted me, but like nobody else yeah. caught on. Right. Uh, uh, it also got me to uh, lie and elevate myself. And you know what, right dude? There. Yeah. Right there. Elevate myself to positions. Dude, it's been what? How long in ministry? 19 years of like yeah. just doing ministry continuously. Oh, 18. Right. And, and this is crazy. But like ask Pastor Todd. I've never asked for anything, you know, and, and it's because I don't care about that stuff. I care about just helping and being a part of and serving. And then God just seems to like take care of you. Yeah. And that's a pretty cool thing, you know, that God could take care of his saints. And scripture and, shows us God takes care of the humble. Right. And it's like it's like a bird like, where's my food? Where's my food? I want my food. Instead of just going and getting the food because God gave it to you. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, think about that, dude. You yeah. know, like the lilies of the field can't cry out to God, but he still clothes them. Mm-hmm. Right? A sparrow can't fall to the ground without his notice. Right? There's a, there, I'm going to continue with these scriptures because yeah. there's a ton of them. Yeah. Proverbs 29. One's pride will bring him low, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. And we're not talking about hating yourself. No, dude, that's self-loathing. Exactly. That's Which loathing. is different from lowly in spirit. Lowly yeah. in spirit is just another term for being humble. Yeah. Humble doesn't worry about the eye. Well, humble accepts the eye as accurately as possible. Yes. Let me put it that way. Yes. Humble accepts the Good eye job. as accurately as possible. Good job. Also, too, I think, too, humility doesn't look on itself. Remember when we read yeah. First Corinthians? It looks on the things of others. Exactly. It's worried about what others need and what others do. And it's funny when you take care of other people. Yes, you got to take care of yourself in the process. But the more you take care of things for yourself, start to get taken care of. It, isn't it amazing? It that, is pretty that cool. When you when you stop focusing on yourself as as best you can and you start focusing on others, God takes care of you. 100 percent, man. He's so good and gracious at that. He's so good and gracious about it. You know what I mean? Let's continue. Proverbs 8 says this. The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. The fear of the Lord. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil are per- and perverted speech I hate. He hates pride. Uh, uh, perverted speech. Arrogance. The way of evil. It's, you know, what's evil? What, what, is, what, is, what is wickedness? Things that are against his design. Exactly. That's what it is. Wickedness is just going against his mandates. And I, I really wonder if the term perverted speech, he's not just talking about, and, and correct me if you think I'm wrong on this, but I don't believe he's talking about just sexualized, raunchy talk. No, 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 he's, no, no, no. He's talking about twisted truth. He hates twisted truth because that's exactly what Satan does, is Satan perverts truth into a lie. I mean, think about this. we got to do a podcast on this one. God spoke life into existence. In the beginning, the world was without void, or it was void and without form. Can you imagine if Jesus did that? Well, that's stupid. It's just full of darkness. Look hmm. at that darkness. It doesn't make any sense that it's so dark. You know what we need? We need life, and you people aren't doing it. He would look around and say, man, I haven't done enough yet. He spoke life into existence. To me, perverted speech is this, keeping someone in their dungeon because you haven't preached life to them. To me, that's oh. perverted speech. Perverted speech is, dude, there's there's something in these people who lack Christ, and God put that in them. You know what he put in them? A desire to seek him. They don't even know it. You know why they're seeking perversion and per- all these things outside of the design of God? Because they're trying to seek him. They're trying to find fulfillment in life and identity, and they don't even have it. And they're finding it in sin because it's being promoted. Why? Because we wouldn't stand against it, because we wouldn't promote Jesus Christ in the streets, because we wouldn't go out there. But that's not, I'm not mad about that. You know what I'm happy about? The ones that do. 
I'm more happy about the ones that do go out and promote life. The ones that are out there promoting life through the scriptures. The ones that are out there giving a word from the Lord that is pure life. And sometimes life is correction. That's not bad. Correction's good. I'm not saying correction. I'm not saying correction's evil. Correction is necessary, but it should be ending with life. And where's the love in that? And where's that pushing them to Christ? If it's not pushing them to Christ and they feel condemnation, you, sir, have now gone into perverted speech. You've perverted the gospel to condemn themselves when Christ is the only one that can. Ooh, the, the word of God, their, their lifestyle is offensive already. They're condemned to themselves. Read, read John 3.18. Because we all know John 3.16. John, they're condemned already. Because they're not in Christ. Exactly. So, so it doesn't matter what your sin yes. is. It doesn't matter whether it's theft, adultery, homosexuality, whether it's, it's greed. All of it's the same. You're condemned already because you don't have Christ. Exactly. So Paul said, the law made my sin exceedingly sinful. That's why I use the law of God, dude. We, we have given ourselves to other gods. Just look at the parade. That's a golden calf type parade, man. Mm-hmm. We've put our identity as a golden calf now. That's what we've done. We've put gods in front of him. We've made idols out of Christ. You know how we do that? We, we get this perverted notion of who Jesus is instead of reading his word for what it says. And then we believe Jesus to be a certain thing. We dis- we've dishonored our parents, right, by not following in the ways of the Lord because it says in, in Galatians, in chapter 6, or I'm sorry, Ephesians 6, when it talk- is it Galatians or Ephesians? I think Ephesians 6, when it talks about children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And if your parents weren't in the Lord, that doesn't. now you have the opportunity to be in the Lord. We've also murdered because we've hated people in our hearts, right? We've, we've committed murder the way Jesus said that, that murder was committed. We've also committed lust and adultery because we've lusted after things that are not his design. So we've gone after and lusted after women or men or whatever. We've gone and been adulterous. We've coveted. And look, you know how I know we've coveted? Look at every single uh, advertisement now it's it's about pushing you beyond what you really need and can control we're, we're out there we're, we're trying to find a house right now and it's like yo, you can afford this much and you can do all this do i need it though or is it that i'm trying to keep up with you know what i mean like and we, we, we we've gone against the commandments of god those are still prevalent today because you know how i know they're prevalent we practice what's against it yeah we stand against them that's how i know it's prevalent and it's pride that drives all of those things Right, that's why we My have own will such be done, a problem Lord. with this word. Yeah, is pride, and you pointed out the the parade itself. Here's here's really brass tacks of why we have an issue with this this idea of the parade, the pride parade. It's holding up a golden calf. You're worshiping, in, you're worshiping your pride of what you're doing, that God has said don't do this. You're worshiping your own, your own identity instead of the identity of Christ. Which goes to Romans 1, which everybody has an issue with for some reason. What Romans 1 is talking about, you forsook the creator and started oh. worshiping the creation. Dude. You're worshiping your own bodies. You're worshiping your own sexuality above worshiping God, which goes back to pride. And Romans 1 says God gave them up to their lusts, as saying, God finally said, you have rejected me to the it's point truth, where truth. your pride has swallowed you. Your pride has carried you away from me. Mm. Okay. 
it goes back to that pride. And that's it does. Why, that's why we have such an issue with it because it is the golden calf. So in, in essence, look at the, I'll read this last one, Galatians 6, because I want to keep continuing on this line. It says this, for if anyone thinks he's something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. I'll just read this one. In the pride of a face of the wicked, I'm sorry, in the pride of his face, the wicked doesn't seek after God. All of his thoughts are, there is no God, right? Forget God. We don't need that. Um, there's one here. Oh, there it is. James 4. Sorry. I, no, I, I wrote all these down. <laughs> this is one I want to get to. Listen to this. He gives more grace because he says this. God, re, he opposes, he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud. So not only do you take on the sin and the identity of who you think you are, that's a, a, a anti-creation of what God created, then you take the word that he detests, which is pride, and you slap it on your shirts, and you slap it on your foreheads, and you say, you know what, I am proud to be the thing that God said no to. I am proud of this. Right. And I'm not, now I'm not only giving the finger for my lifestyle, I'm now saying boldly to God, I am proud to give you the finger. Would you not say that's a fulfillment of Romans 1? Exactly. And the reason we're pointing out all of this is to say a warning of you are now celebrating the word that God detests. You may, you can come back with, I do not believe in God. I don't believe in your God. I don't believe in his rules. That's for you to decide, but I'm warning you, in truth and in love, you're celebrating the word that God has said, I detest this. And something I want, did you have more on the pride, or can I, can I steer us to the next step? Go ahead. So something connected with that is the idea of the rainbow flag. Mm-hmm. And Melissa and I were talking about the rainbow flag, and, and you've got to have a symbol for your community. That makes sense. Every community wants to have its symbol that is easy to put up there that people know, oh, this community is tied with that. I mean, Christians have the cross. Muslims have the crescent moon. Jews have the Star of David, right? The homosexual community has taken on the rainbow flag. Now, if we look biblically what the rainbow stands for, the rainbow stands for God's covenant with the earth saying, I will never flood the earth again to completely destroy everybody. And I find it interesting that now, in a movement that its word, that it upholds as pride, it uses the rainbow, which, as a Christian, spiritually, to me, that's a slap in the face of God saying, ha-ha, you'll never flood the earth again, no matter how much wickedness, no matter what we do, you ain't going to flood it. I'm sorry, but I I just, (laughs) I see Satan being the type of, of adversary that would point the finger at God and go, ha ha, I got them celebrating the fact that you made a covenant with them. They're using the symbol of your own covenant in their wickedness, and you can't flood the earth. You can't get rid of them. You, you, <laughs> you flood the earth. Ha ha, here's their rainbow. Here's your rainbow that, that you put as a, a symbol of your love to people. Wow. And I'm twisting it and I'm going to connect it to the word pride in something that you detest. Now, if you're not a Christian, you go, well, all of that's bunk anyways because the Bible's not real, God's not real. As a Christian, I'm just laying it out there as a Christian spiritually. We welcome that's the debate what by the we way. see. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And because 
they use that 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 symbol, right? And God put a bow in the earth, he said, yep. and that would be a symbol. I just want to say a couple things before we continue. God did not destroy the earth because of homosexuality. No. Here's what he said why he destroyed the earth. Thank you. And why Noah came in. And God saw, this is Genesis 6, 5, and God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Not just that the thought of his hearts were evil, it was continuous. It wouldn't stop. Yep. It wouldn't stop. It, right? He was consumed by evil thoughts and intentions. Each person was. What happens after a school shooting? Most people. If God is so powerful, why didn't he stop wickedness? Is that how you want him to stop it? Hmm. You want him to stop it because he can. You know what? We all deserve to get wiped out. We're yeah. all evil, man. In our own hearts, dude, outside of Jesus, man, I'm nothing. I'm a wicked man outside of Christ. Absolutely. I deserve punishment. Thank God I'm in his I'm in his son now. I'm covered by the blood. I'm a righteous man because of Christ. I thank God for that. Outside of that, listen to this. And it repented the Lord that he made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both man and the beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I've made him. Noah found grace in his eyes, though, right? So check this out. After the the the, the 40 days uh, in, in, uh, of, of the 40 days and nights, right, he creates the ark. The wickedness of man, they were all mocking him because it rained. They said, it's never rained like this. It's never going to happen like that. They were mocking him. It starts to rain. People start to get freaked out, right, because it's too late at that time. All these things. And, and then here's what happens. They finally land that big old ark, right? It says this. Behold, I established my covenant. Genesis 9, 9. I established my covenant with you and with the seed after you. So he made a new covenant, right? Because I believe at that time, this was a whole new, like, let man do what he needs to do. After Adam sinned, free will happened. Mm -hmm. Fine. But what happens is when there's so much wickedness, what is one to do at that point? That's, that's why you look later with Israel. God said you need to go into the land of Canaan and wipe everything out because wickedness had reached up to heaven, right? It, it had hit that point where God said the land can't handle this anymore. It needs to be wiped out now, for the good of the earth. So here's here's the funny thing. You get mad at the story, what I just said. Oh, he div he wiped out his own creation, Bob. Why, why would he do that? What kind of God would do that? If he wiped out the gunman, would you be happy? If he sent a bolt of lightning Ooh. to shoot that man and kill that man before shooting up a school, and would let, you be happy? And let's say we knew what that man was going to do. Exactly. And we found the evidence, and he wrote it all out, and he's going to do this. It wasn't that the man wrote it out. The, the thoughts of their hearts, they were doing wickedness continually. And it got worse and worse and worse. And what kind of a good God would allow wickedness to continue in the land? Listen to that. So he makes a covenant with Noah, and he's like, okay, I'm starting over with Noah now. Noah's righteousness. Noah was a man of faith, the Bible says in Hebrews talks about his faith, and that was accounted unto him for righteousness. He had kids, right? All these other things, blah, 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 blah. We'll continue. It says this, and, and with every living creature that is with you, the follow the cattle, that's I'm making a new covenant. And you go out, you go out of the ark and every uh, beast of the earth, and I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off anymore by the waters of a flood. Neither shall be any more flood to destroy the earth. Now, people say, well, all right, we still flood. Yes, but that's not destroying the earth, yeah. right? 
localized floods. Localized floods. I mean, that just happens. And you would call it Mother Nature. Yeah. Right? And God said, this is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud. He's talking about the rainbow. It shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth to do what? I have established a new covenant with you and your seed after you. First off, he's telling Noah, I'm going to establish it with your seed after you. If Noah, and he accepted the gay lifestyle, sexual perversion in that way, why would he mention seed? Yeah. Can't replenish if you don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. So think about that. And he said this, and with every living creature and all these and to prove my covenant, you'll see the bow on the earth to tell you that I won't destroy it like this again. I won't do it anymore, right? Here's what's funny. Uh, the token of the covenant, it's the bow. I do set my bow in the cloud. It shall come to pass when I bring the cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud and I'll remember my covenant with me and you and every living creature of the flesh and the water shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh and the bow shall be in the cloud. I will look upon it that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, this is the token of the covenant which I established between me and all the flesh upon the earth. You don't want him to destroy wickedness here. And, you know what I and, mean? And let's let's put this in a in a new context, and just walk with me here. Got it. Man rapes your daughter. Now, just stop go, with I'm, the complaints yes, about yes. homosexuality rape. Yeah, yeah, just, extremes. Just, just go with us with in, the, in, in yeah. Go with us in the thought. Man rapes your daughter. You look at him. You say. I forgive you, and as a covenant between you and me that I will never kill you for what you've done, I'm going to give you this, this tree. And this tree will always symbolize that I will not kill you for raping my daughter. I will never kill you for it. Now, the man takes the tree and starts raping the guy's daughter continuously. And as he's doing it, he holds up the tree to the father and says, you can't do anything about it. Because you said you would never destroy me. You said you would never destroy me. And I'm proud to rape your daughter. and, And exactly. I'm proud of what I'm doing. And here's your covenant. Look at this. Look at it. You see your daughter? Look at the tree. You said... You said you'd never kill him. You don't want him to come in his wrath and destroy wickedness because guess what? All of us would be in that category outside of Jesus. Exactly. You don't want him to. Dude, here, I'm going to go a step further than that. I don't want him to come back in his wrath right now. Absolutely not. There's so many people that don't know Jesus Christ. I will have the same heart for people who haven't murdered as who have. To me, we're all outside of Christ unrighteous. That's scripture. That's what the Bible talks about. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All are unrighteous. There's no one righteous. No, not one, Paul said. There's this thing that we're, we're lacking. And what you just, that analogy, again, great point. Dude, that is so good. We are taking the symbol and basically telling God, remember you said you would never destroy us, right? In your and face. I'm, and you know what? I'm going to use the symbol and pervert it to to support my gosh to support the thing that you destroyed wickedness not homosexuality 
wickedness, adultery, rape, perversion, probably homosexuality, the evil heart against God and people, thievery, stealing, all these things, right? Covetousness. They were doing all of that stuff. It wasn't just homosexuality. It was all of it. Because when wickedness runs rampant in the land, the people mourn. When unrighteousness is in the land, the people mourn. But when righteousness is in the land, the people rejoice, the Bible says. When we're doing everything right, wouldn't you like to know that you don't have to lock your door at night? Hmm. Wouldn't you like to know that your politicians and your leaders are honest and people doing, with integrity yeah. and doing good in the world? Yeah. And do, you, do we rejoice in our politicians or do we mourn them? We mourn all of them. We're just looking for the one that that makes us mourn the least. So are we a healthy land or an unhealthy land? Man, dude. We're mourning right now. Why? Because wickedness is splattered everywhere. Dude. So yeah. We are mourning right now. Wickedness is splayed all over the place. All well, over. Look at look at our entertainment. What are we entertained by? Unless it's got violence, killing, and sex, we don't want to watch it. Dude, have you seen even new comics today? Yeah. If it's not a sexually disgusting joke, it's not funny anymore. Exactly. I mean, good night. We don't need this. Listen to what uh, Romans 8 says. It's, a, it's called the future glory. This, this section is future glory. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. What You know what they're waiting for? The manifestation of the sons of God. Yeah. They're looking for a new identity. And guess what? They found it, boy, in, 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 their, in their perversion. Because I did too. I found it my, my my sin. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who subjected him in the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Listen to this. For we know that the whole creation groans in travails in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also. We have which have the first fruits of the Spirit. We're groaning because we're in this world that is suffering. God, we need you. We need you, God. And, you know? And deep inside all of us, we have this this justice. This this idea of yeah. I love that word. Justice. Because it, it's so easy for people to see. If you look at somebody who's a, a serial killer, a murderer, all of us within groan for justice. The problem is we never groan for justice for ourselves. We groan for mercy. <laughs> That's right. But but <laughs> deep within us, all of us somehow sense this, the fulfillment, right? And that's why we're so obsessed with utopia. That's why socialists and communists have this utopian idea. They just don't want God to be a part of it. They want to create it on their own. They want to engineer utopia to where everybody is fully fulfilled and peaceful. We as Christians want utopia. We just know we as humans cannot bring it to, to fulfillment. It was funny. You just said something, you know, watching the debates, it's basically promising free stuff and it's outdoing free utopia. stuff. Yeah, utopia, right? What's it going to cost you? Hmm. Everything you work for, everything you live for. You're going to be in hock to a government the rest of your life. Your utopia yeah. will put you under the direction of man, the very thing that you're groaning against. You really Ooh. want a utopia? You really want a utopia? And, and can your utopia come from imperfect people? And I would even dare say the ones that come in charge at the fulfillment of it are completely wicked people. Yeah. Can your utopia come 
under the control of wicked people. You're allowing yourselves to be enslaved, right? Yeah. By people to who get say, utopia. No, just think about this. You're allowing yourselves to be enslaved by people who say, we don't want you to be slaves. <laughs> You're encircling yourself, dude. Because who controls healthcare? Government. Not you. Not your decisions. No. Who controls school education then? The government. Not you. You don't even control what's being taught to you anymore. It's funny when, like, I was thinking about going to university for a uh, doctorate, you know, to go to <clears throat> get a doctorate in theology and things like that, or MDiv, you know, yeah. uh, Master's of Divinity and stuff like that. But I'm thinking to myself sometimes, I'm like, you know, wickedness is pretty heavy in the land. And you know who's going to give me the diploma? A man. Wicked men. A man. Yeah. He's going to give me a diploma and his approval somehow gains my approval in the eyes of man. That's I'm I'm with you because I've really struggled about. The I, I, the am, idea I am of, struggling with. Yeah. That the idea right of now. seminary, the idea of ordination, all of that. Well, am I am I just buying into the system of, well, I need the approval of men yeah. in order to speak it's truth to other men as opposed to the anointing of God and letting God bring me to the people that I need to speak to. Because isn't you it know? by the fruits you shall know them, not their papers, not their yeah. MDivs, not their... I'm not, Wow, this is going to sound like we're capping on college. I'm just telling you from my personal experience, what what authority does man have over you to say, you're good now? Yeah. <laughs> now they've come. They've become controlled over you, and you've paid money yeah. to be enslaved in a system. I can't even control what I'm being taught, you know, except outside of the Spirit of God. And so what's happening, you want a utopia? You know what's going to cost you with God? Sin. It costs you giving up your life. Well, we don't want to do that. Well, what you're doing now is enslaving you. Yeah. God wants to make you free. Ooh, ooh. To that word life, those who lose their life uh, will gain it. You know, some of people out there may say we're wrong. God isn't real. Well, I hope we die men who gave up our lives for other people then. Absolutely. But if I die and I'm right, it was everything. It, every bit of it was right. I here, Here's why I know I'm not wrong in what I'm saying. Because I've seen nothing but the goodness of God every single time I've sanctified myself to his holiness. Every time I've put my own life down, mm -hmm. I've seen him nothing but faithful to me. Every single time when I say, man, I'm not good enough, Lord. I just don't, I don't understand why you would pick me. You know what he says? That's why I picked you. Because yeah. you can't. I'm just not ready for this, Lord. Exactly. But your integrity is ready. Yeah. And I'm not, look, that's God's, you know what I'm saying? God's integrity and all that other stuff. Like, it's, it's, it's important to, to, to make distinctions. I'm not integrity because of me, right? Like, I can't explain to you why I love people. It's just in me to love people. I love people. People are awesome, you know? Yeah. I don't care if you're a sinner or not. I love you, man. I want to talk. Dude, I have so many friends that are sinners that know my position that know they don't, and they're not all homosexual, right? They're just sinners. Right. But I love them. They're because I love people. You know what? They're people, man, they're creation. We got to make them sons of God. That's the point. Right. Yeah. But what a jerk I'd be if I wasn't, you know what I mean? At least kind to them or nice. They're part of creation, man. How easy would it be if, if, and I'm not saying that 
non-Christians can't be good people. Obviously, I'm not going on that train. Right. But if you and I were Good in the eyes of man. Yeah. yeah. If you and I weren't Christians, how easy would it be for people to just become tools? Exactly. For us. Because both of us are, are success-oriented, success-driven, right? True. You know? True. Like we, we both would like to be successful. What happens if we take God out of the equation? I believe God is very much the check in our lives mm. because we go, okay, Lord, it's not about my success. Truth. It's about being faithful to you Truth. and your will, whether that's success or not. If we take God out of the picture, you've said before, would have loved to be a millionaire. How many people you guys step on to become a millionaire? I'm done with that. Right? I, I don't know if it's worth it anymore. Because you're not willing to sacrifice other people for that vision. Mm-mm. And this is where the line That's good. of selfishness That's good. and pride... Co- and I'm not, I'm not That's saying good. that successful people don't love other people. They do. But it's much easier for me to look at somebody and go, you are in my way. How can I step on you to get over you? It's the Christian who goes... You're in my way. I've got to love you Mm -hmm. because I'm supposed to love my enemy. God's commanded me to do that. Yeah. And instead of saying you're in my way, it's like, oh, you're putting my path for a reason. Boom. Like my enemy isn't my enemy for the sake of calling him my enemy. My enemy's put on my path to help convert him to the gospel. Instead of looking at the trial, look at it as... What do you want from this Lord? God put him there for you. Bingo. Samaritan. The the good Samaritan. Wow. The right? guy was robbed. Yeah, how, yeah, yeah. How yeah. many people walk past him going, oh, I've got something else I have to do. Oh, I've, I've got this conference. I've got this meeting. I've got this. I've got that. It's the Samaritan who stops and goes, somebody's hurt. I'm on a journey, but the journey has to wait. This guy. So I'm going to tell a story just to kind of convey this. Go so. Uh, last Saturday, I had worked until, I don't know, 7.30, 7.45, something like that was when I finally clocked out. And I'm on my way home, and I, I turn onto the street, and as I'm turning, I see this truck that's in the, the grass median on the side of the road. And it kind of looks like some guys have boards behind the back tires. And right away, I know what's going on. The guy's stuck. You know, he's got his truck in a trailer. I'm exhausted. And I, I keep driving to turn, you know, to go on our street. And you know that burning. You know the burning of the spirit. It was like, I've, I have to. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I have to. So I drive right past the house. <laughs> and Melissa even said she, she thought she saw me, like, fly right past the house. And I, I go around and I come back. And sure enough, the guy's stuck deep because it had been raining, you know for the past four or five days. And I spent another half hour helping pull this guy out. Right. It's the selfless act. It's the caring more about others and about God than yourself that goes, this is going to inconvenience me. I'm going to have to sacrifice in order to help. Now, some people, well, that's such a small sacrifice. Yeah, but after a 12-hour hard day in the extreme heat and you haven't seen your kid much all week, it's very easy to convince yourself, uh, they're fine. 
They'll, they'll call a tow truck. I, I want to get home and see my kid. But it's the, the and I'm not boasting, I'm just saying, like, it's the, the, Dude, s- but the act of the selfless person that goes, exactly. it doesn't matter, they need help. And, you, you know, it's what's cool about the Lord, I've never had to give up my family to do his will because he gave me my family. So you know what your wife's probably telling your son? Daddy had to go help somebody. Yeah. Because he's doing God's will. He's helping somebody. What's he doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm honored that we are in ministry so that our kids can see, man, we're, this has nothing to do with the move or what, who we are yeah. or whatever. We're just doing what God's calling us to do, dude. And, and for those who are watching this and know, of course, you know, we're not about clickbait, you know, yeah. putting stupid titles on these things. Just telling you plainly what we're getting and what, what's feeding off scripture and why we're talking about it using reason. Cause there's a lot of unreasonableness. The whole point of this isn't to just talk about sin, to point you to the Christ who can get rid of your sin. Because you can't tell me, even being in that lifestyle as prideful as you think you might be, that you don't feel a conviction when you go home. Yeah. That there's something wrong with this. And yeah, why do we why do we try to drown it? Yeah. Why is it? And it's not just the homosexual homosexual community, but so many people who their life is filled with sin, they try and drown it with something else. Exactly. Whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether it's more promiscuous sex, whether it's like we, we try to drown it. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I, you know, and, and the more we try to drown it, you, you, everybody, every alcoholic knows this. I'm going to bury my sorrows in a bottle. You know what happens the next morning? It comes back. Yep. Comes back. So then you got to buy back. another bottle, yep. buy another bottle. And that's when they get addicted. And just like you said, we try to go to the next fix and the next fix. That's why one sin isn't enough. It's got to go deeper and farther and farther and farther. And then at one point, at some point, it's just going to be like, holy smokes, there is wickedness continually. Then what? Hmm. This isn't just a message to those who are in that lifestyle or beyond that, adulterers, whatever, pornography, all that stuff. It's a message to the Christian that, guys, we need to love Man, like we we have a job to do to love the people to Christ. And if we can't do that, at least, you know, even if it takes your whole life to win one soul, win a soul. Yeah. You know, Pastor uh, Polk said something to me. He said, I've seen clergymen, secretaries, pastors fall in sin. He goes, I have never seen a soul winner backslide. Hmm. Never. You know why? Because the soul winner is focused on other souls and keeping himself pure. He's always focusing on the harvest. Wow, that is good. That is really good. I love that. Keep your eyes focused on soul winning and, and making your churches available and ready to be soul winners. I was you know? just thinking today about how Christ says those who put their hand to the plow but look back aren't fit for the kingdom. Think about what happens if you're plowing and you're not looking ahead. <sighs> Exactly. Your lines go crazy. You start stumbling and tripping, right? If you're looking backwards, you're not looking to where you need to go. That goes straight into, are you looking to save souls? Are you looking to get the gospel out? Are you looking to get God's will on earth? Or are you looking backwards? If you're looking backwards... You're never going to be focused on what God wants you to be focused on. And again, 
what 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 kind of God would God be if all he focused was on the wickedness and the darkness and the void of the earth instead of bringing life to the earth? Yeah. What kind of God would he be? We got to think that way, man. Yeah, we we not we personally, but we as all Christians, us. all of us focus too much on on the demons and and on sin <laughs> and on the evils and and how hopeless it is. Man, what if we started really focusing on hope? Because that's what faith is. Faith is focusing on what's unseen, right. but having hope in it. That's faith is having hope and and belief in the healing that God's going to bring the healing in that God's going to save these souls, right. that God's going to take care of this situation, that God's going to protect me and keep me going, even if it means my life. Amen. A lot of people find that dangerous because they go, well, how is that protecting? Save your soul, not your life. Exactly. He that's, protects that's my soul. different. Amen. I love that. I love that. And again, this is all basically for those who are looking for answers. When people watch this podcast, all we're here to do is give answers. Yep. Once again, if you guys disagree, please let us know in the comments below. If you agree, play, praise God. Please let us know in the comments below. If if you want answers to questions, please comment below. We'd love to get in touch with you. Uh, again, this is Podcast 39. Go on our website, theselfevidenttruth.com, theselfevidenttruth.com, and you guys can see more of what we're doing, places we're going. Uh, I'll be gone. We're, we're here the whole month of July, praise God, because we've been traveling a lot. <laughs> but in August, we'll be out again. September, I think we're going to Colorado. Um, and, 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 and then just small little things here and there um, because there's just a lot going on here. Yeah. And so, guys, we really want to say that we love you. This isn't about bashing you. That, like, that's easy. Loving you to truth is hard. Yeah. And we're, we're pointing out what we feel is truth that needs to be spoken to you in the sense of a warning. Absolutely. This is a loving, um, you know, a parent would love his kid enough to tell him the truth. And, and I'm not saying you're my kid or anything like that, but you're God's creation. I feel it's my duty sometimes to say something. And, um, but dude, it's not just the homosexual. I've said it before. It's not a homosexual community. I talk to, I talk to everybody. Yeah. They don't have to be homosexual. They can be anybody, you know, that's in sin. And if we need to start doing episodes on sin that's within the church that's really prevalent, then we need to. We've done it. You know, and and we continue. Let's And we know. will. And you know, I shame on shame on us who have professed the name of Jesus and taken him out of context and had perverted speech. Yeah. Shame on us. Um not necessary, not needed. We don't need to add to what God already does. God, he taught us how to love, man. Pretty Absolutely. simple. Give up your life for them. Love them to the truth. Even if it costs you, love them. Right? Absolutely. So, again, theselfevidenttruth.com. Uh, Please go on YouTube, guys. Subscribe, uh, like, and share, and all that junk, right? Uh, make sure that you guys turn on your notifications. You'll see new videos coming out constantly. Um, we got some new things coming out here, yeah. too. Um, we're going to be doing some new videos of a lot of the stuff that we preach. Uh, Mike will be hitting the road, hopefully, here uh, beginning of next year, uh, doing his own touring because he's got way more Brainiac stuff than I talk about. And that's important, right? We need more of that stuff too. Uh, but it's it's just the gospel with that brainiac stuff that really gets me. And I love uh, his his mind and his brain. Again, uh, we got some new merch out, you guys. If you guys go on the site, you guys can see the new hats, new shirts, all these things. Uh, pretty exciting. If you guys want to support, please go on the site. Uh, and you guys can support there to help this podcast continue to go. But again, uh, Podcast 39, man, it's getting exciting. We're almost <laughs> close to a year. Um, and we're going to be doing some cool things. God bless you guys. We'll see you very soon. Love you guys.